real as it gets. Hey, this is Marcia Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro and Guest Berry Nutrition Spokesmodel, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show, In Your Face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show, the show where we feature everything from celebrities and recording artists to authors and fitness stars. Basically, we feature some pretty inspirational people, and we also take the time to feature some up-and-comers that you should be on the lookout for. Now, before we bring on our next guest, I want to remind our listeners to make sure to catch the latest segment of Money Never Sleeps. This is a show where we are talking about everything and what anything, whatever makes the money flow. From coast to coast and continent to continent, this is a global show, and it airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter for the latest updates or random rants, and maybe something inspirational from time to time. And definitely make sure to show your support for the great people that we have on the UCW radio show. Now, with that said, let's bring on the very talented New York artist who is causing a stir around the world with his work. I want you to get a pen. Write this down. His name is Borbay. So without further ado, let's bring on Borbay. All right, Borbay, how are you? How's it going? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited. I love your work. I love the stuff that you're doing. You know, it's uh, really, really different. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. All right, well, let's kind of like start at the beginning and so that the listeners uh, out there can get a better idea of, of who you are because they, they see the end result. You know, I'm, I'm all about the journey and how you, you got to this point. So uh, I guess let's start at the beginning. You know, how did you get involved in art? Well, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's obviously a great question. I, I, started, I started getting into art when I was about two and a half years old, and uh, my mom was an artist. And she was painting a wooden bunny, and I asked if I could have one, and she gave me one, and I started painting, and I fell in love with it right there. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially it took me until I was 29 to do it as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, over the years, I just, I always had art as an undertone in my life, and I kept sketchbooks, and I three picked crates of them at my parents' house, and uh, I grew up on Long Island. I went to college, Boston University. I studied uh, art history, advertising, graphic design. Um, when I finished, college i had a very strange career path um i started out i was working as an assistant designer at a newspaper i ended up on a very low budget strange reality tv show moved to new york and did stand-up comedy for a year uh from there i moved on and spent almost two years working at the trump organization uh in real estate development deals for uh, big projects and uh, i found myself in hawaii on a vacation with my now wife and I was painting on the beach, and I realized that, you know, my initial goal of waiting until I was a millionaire 40 to quit wasn't going to work, so I gave my notice, and at 29, I went full-time art. And you know what I have to say to that? <laughs> holy <laughs> crap. I, th- I, thought, I, thought I thought my journey was interesting. Holy cow. You know, so you, <laughs> you, you went along all these different lines, which is really interesting. I mean, how do you go from... Uh, you know, I mean, working for the Trump Organization, working in real estate, and I mean that—that's high-end real estate. That's less luxury, luxury stuff. Uh, doing oh, that, absolutely. And but and then you 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 get into art, you know, and then you you have all these different career paths. You know, ab- I mean, advertising that that I can understand. Everything else, I guess, you were trying to find yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I I was trying to find myself, but I was also trying to find myself as a person and. As, uh, as someone who is independent, you know, I mean, I have two younger brothers and I, I didn't want to be a 20 something who was, you know, relying on my parents. And quite frankly, if I tried to become an artist at 23, I would have wasted the opportunity. I didn't have the business savvy. I didn't understand contracts and negotiations and all the other experience that I was able to gain along the way was just a combination of saying yes to strange opportunities, uh, working hard and, and absorbing everything. So, you know, without, 
working at the Trump Organization, I, I wouldn't have the savvy that I have now uh, for marketing and business. So I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity I had there. Well, you know, I love that you said that because a lot of people, they they see the end result. And you and I were talking about it off air. They see the end result. They see the end product. But to me, what's more interesting is the journey because if you don't enjoy that journey along the way, it would be impossible because as you're going, you know, character is built. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And in fact, it, you know, just being open to that journey, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. And, you know, when when I became an artist, I, I had a I had a falling out with a friend from high school who he stole a portfolio of mine that was graphic design portfolio, chopped it around town, ended up getting an internship at MTV with it. And I went through a bit of a dark period where I was very afraid to share anything creative because mm-hmm. I felt like it would get stolen. Uh, but then when I decided to paint, I, I went in the exact opposite direction and said, you know, I'm going to put the blueprint out there. So, you know, it, for you and for anyone who's seen my, my work and my website, I mean, I literally post photos start to finish from blank canvas, final product. Um, and I also include a time-lapse video because, like you said, and I couldn't be more in agreement, that the journey is just as important, if not more important, than the result. And, yeah. you know, looking back on, on what I do, I'm just I'm so thankful that I have something worth recording every day. Um, but I, I think the work you, you do, actually, I know the work you do is fantastic, all right? And, you know, and you touched on, you know, people this, taking your creative work, you know, I mean, whether it's art, you know, anything creative, whether it's tech, you always have to worry about that stuff. And that that's the thing that, to me, that kind of kills creativity is when you have to hold back, you know, like recently, uh, Tesla, you know, what what Elon Musk did, he allowed his, his uh, stuff to go out there, you know. Absolutely. Be- that open model is, I mean, that was a, that was a beautiful and inspiring move, and I think in the long run it's, it's a prudent business move as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to, more people will be, uh, more companies will be uh, creating those uh, electronic gas stations, <laughs> those electric gas stations, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'll offset the expenses for him. Uh, but going back to you, you know, when you when that happened to you and your creative work was taken, the portfolio was taken by the person that will remain nameless, because I'm sure they're still nameless, um, that, uh, you know, when that happened, you, you kind of had your guard up all around. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's a violation. Uh, it, you know, of course, it was a double violation to me because it was someone that I trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... I, if you if you don't put your heart out there and get it broken a few times, you're never going to find true love. And, you know, I, I mean, romantically, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have found that with my wife. And artistically, I found that through some, some tough journeys. And, you know, if I could go back and do it again, I, I, I'd have my heart broken all over again because it made me who I am today. And, and that's the key thing because when these experiences, as I said earlier, they're character building. They're either going to, adversity will either break you or it's going to build you. Our listeners are going to find out more about this journey because it's pretty amazing. It, it's been a trip, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I, I can relate to you in many ways, especially with the athletic angle. I mean, I, I ran track and cross country all school in college and, you know, I, I found myself with humongous dreams and I had these aspirations to be this athlete that quite frankly, I just, I never achieved the level of success I wanted. And it was this constant cycle of, you know, you're running 100 miles a week and you're training and you're you're dreaming and you're hoping. And, you know, the day before the race, you know, you catch cold or you just have an off day or, you know, you strain your hamstring and, and six months of work is down the drain. But, you know, for the successes you get, you learn to appreciate them. And I, I think those are really important life lessons as well. Yeah. I mean, they, everything that you go through is is a building process for, for you as an individual, you know, and for you. You're fortunate because you have a creative um, outlet where a lot of people don't know how to let that stuff out. And you just did it, and now you're creating this magic, which, you know, got you on the cover of books. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was interesting. You know, and just, it, what was it, the uh, the fifth anniversary, I believe it yeah. was, of Michael Jackson passing away, and... Uh, who was it? Um, what, uh, Zach O'Malley, right? He, uh, wrote Zach a O'Malley book. Zach Greenberg, that's yeah. right. Right, he, he wrote a book, and your work was on the cover of it. That's correct. How did that come about? 
Well, that, uh, it's actually, it's a, it's a classic story of just pure hustle and good fortune. I, back in 2011, I worked on a series of hip hop artists. So I did seven portraits and I picked the subjects based on the criteria that they were entrepreneurial, involved in social media and were scheduled to release an album within a year. So I just finished the series. My seventh of the series was Lil Wayne. Literally the next day I look on Twitter and I see, and I called it the, the Kings of Hip Hop series. Mm-hmm. And the next day I see someone from Forbes wrote an article called The Cash Kings of Hip Hop. And based on my criteria and a little bit of luck, I had predicted one through four and the three other subjects were tied for six. And I just thought to myself that this was too clandestine. So I called into the general line at Forbes and I asked for Zach O'Malley Greenberg. And, you know, he took my call, which was awesome. And I, I asked him if he had five minutes. And I told him about the series and he said, okay, I'd love to see it. So he came out, he looked at the show, he ended up writing about it online for Forbes. And uh, we became fast friends. And, you know, writers and artists historically can get along pretty well because we're both creating with something different. So there's no level of competition there. And uh, he told me he had just finished his uh, Empire State of Mind book about Jay-Z's business and it was doing really well. And he was working on Michael Jackson, Inc. And I just said, hey, you know, you, you know someone who would do a bang-up cover for you. And he kept it in mind. And two years later, he pitched me to Simon Schuster. And they said, let's go. I was commissioned. And now I'm on the cover. Wow, that that that's you know, if you never picked up that phone to just roll the dice and say, Hey, by the way <laughs> you know, you never would have got to that point. You know, and that's that's one of those things where, you know, having an interpersonal connection is just fantastic. I mean, you know, we got linked up on Twitter and mm-hmm. uh that's great and you kinda of see each other hundred and forty characters at a time throughout the day, but being able to get on the phone and really get to know one another, it, it makes a humongous difference, and, and, you know, for personal relationships and business alike. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely does, because, you know, sometimes social media can be very antisocial. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 I would as, say that's accurate. Yeah, and as ironic as it is, I mean, this is the way it is, because people, you know, they can become introverted, you know, in real life, but extroverts online because it's safe. You know, so, but it's good to have those personal connections. And that's why when I was, when I heard about your story and what you were doing, when I first saw your work, I said, this is crazy. This is like some amazing (laughs) work, you know, and it's just different. And at first, what I thought of was Andy Warhol a little bit. Andy Warhol-like, but not. Okay. And then, and as I'm going through stuff, you kind of did something to one of, uh, I guess, uh, an Andy Warhol type of uh, well, work. You did something to one of the I, things. <laughs> I did. Well, look, you know, I think that any artist who works in square formats, in colorful portraits, and says that they owe nothing to Warhol is completely insane. Um, you know, I, I mean, look, you know, the predecessors that have been there before me, they, they paved the trail. I mean you know, doing these portraits. I, I use square formats as Warhol did, and he was amazingly successful, and he was a pioneer, and he had amazing color sense, and his business savvy was tremendous. I mean, he was getting commissions left, right, and center. He was connected throughout the art world. So, yeah, I mean, I literally went to a thrift store and found, a, like, a reproduction of one of his Maryland. So I brought it to the studio, and I collaged over a part of the face and repainted it in, and, yeah, I mean, it's a that's, downright and it's not even reappropriation that's just downright uh modification and theft but you know i think if anyone would appreciate it uh mr warhol would have and, and that's the thing when you when you're talking about creative people when it comes to art when you when when, when someone that is a great artist a great creator and they do something and they see someone coming up actually taking their work and trying to take it to another level that there's an appreciation that's there. Yes, a hundred percent. And you know, there's the art world. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's sort of like a miracle of an invention because it seems like everything in the world already exists. Like, how is their bandwidth? How is their creativity still around to create something that's new? I mean, if you just look at all the components that go into a Boeing airplane, the fact that someone invented each and every one of those, like what I imagine, million parts. Mm-hmm. put them all together and created this airplane and they're always modifying it. You know, it's, it's the same with art. I mean, people have been painting forever. 
I mean, there's thousands of years of painting. And, you know, when you look at someone who creates something even slightly innovative, it, it's, a, it's a matter of how far do you push it to try to create something that's really, truly your own voice. And, and you know, they say life imitates art. And I believe that when, you know, in art, you, you never, you're never done. And that's why some people that are really, you know, um, going to say eccentric artists, sometimes they go, woo-woo, they, go, they, get, they get a little batty, but you, you're never, ever done. Like, you may, right now you're, you're doing this type of work, but you're not done because you don't know what's going to happen oh, yeah. in the next year or two or where your mind's going to go or something that will inspire you to actually go and go that, take that extra step to do something even greater. Absolutely. I, I, and that's, I, that right there is the crux of why I love it so much. I, I don't know where I'll be and what I'll be creating in two years or ten years. And, you know, there's, this, there's these beautiful photos of Matisse. He's literally in a hospice, you know, and he's got a stick and he's drawing on the wall. I mean, you have one of the greatest artists of all time. And it's like to the day of his death he was creating. And that is you know, where I see myself going. And it's, it's because it's, it's a journey that's never going to end. And it's a race against the clock. And, you know, with Picasso, he was trying to recreate all the great work. So literally every voice in history had been through Picasso filter. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know where it's going, but I know that it's something that I'll never finish in my lifetime. No, you, you're, never, you're never going to finish without any doubt in my mind. But what we're going to do, boy, babe, we're going to take a quick break. Because uh, we got to take a little break, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to continue this com com conversation about Matisse, Picasso, and all the all the great things that are coming out of Boy Bay. So, listeners, stick with <laughs> us. We're gonna we're gonna be right back.
right, we're back, and we were we're with Bourbet talking about Matisse, talking about Picasso, talking about him, talking about everything, and talking about creativity. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, we left off with with Picasso and your journey never ending, and I I I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, it's 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 this circle of life and creativity, and I think what kept me moving so much in all of my strange careers until I became an artist was I just never I never felt at home with what I was doing I, I mean every job that I've had I found something that I loved about it I mean I, I love to interact with people so when I was recruiting I was I was calling people all day and meeting them and putting them together and, and getting people jobs so there was a lot there was a lot to feel rewarded about there and you know I loved working on developing skyscrapers and you know it was amazing building websites with some of the best clients around but I never felt that deep personal exploration and satisfaction. And now that I have that, it's something that I not only never want to let go, but I want to delve into further. And I want to feel that cycle of excitement on a new painting and then that feeling of almost nausea and loss in the middle of it when you feel like you might lose it. And, and then the triumph when you know you found your way back and then just putting it out in the world. Yeah, and it's not an easy process. And it's good that you document this and you, you have uh, I guess a uh, video diary of what you're doing you know because that's something that'll you know that's something your, your, your daughter you're a family man you have a daughter uh, so yeah. that's something that uh, your daughter will will see and when she gets older and say wow you did that daddy you may be <laughs> you you may be cool <laughs> I, well yeah of course I know there's a point of diminishing returns when I'll become decidedly uncool probably around her 13th year but yeah, you know, I, I mean, my wife Erin and I, you know, we we just had this like love at first sight connection, which was amazing. And you know, when we decided to get married, we we knew we were gonna have a family. And you know, of course, I was nervous because I was one of those guys who was never gonna get married. And if I did, it would be at forty, and I'd have a kid when I'm forty-five. And I had this predetermined plan, which turned out to be completely ridiculous for me. And you know, now that I look at her, I mean, every day I'm looking at the greatest creation that I could ever make and it's a collaboration with this woman that I love so you know she's amazing and in fact I worked her into all my painting process videos and just looking back and the little clips that she's in for like two seconds from when she was just born to now to see her grow it, it's a shocking reminder of how much time is passing and realizing that I'm getting older and, and now I'm getting gray hairs and <laughs> I'm evolving and she's evolving and, and but that's what life's about it's about growth. It's about, you know, time goes on. Time is not going to wait for anyone. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the way, the way you're, uh, you're doing the video diaries of your work is also showing your growth as an artist, which is pretty yeah. cool. You know, and, and it is. It's, go ahead. It's funny to, it's funny to like record yourself. And I, I often look back and with a little bit of regret because I'll do stupid things like I'll have my t-shirt tucked into my underwear and I'm like, oh God, I hope no one really yeah, but you know something? You know, a lot of people do stupid things on uh, when recording. You know, just turn on the TV. You have something called reality <laughs> television. Been there and done that. Yeah, so you know how that is. So, look, the world's a stage, and the world is always watching. So, you know, if you come, if you come genuine, no one can ever fault you for it. You know, you're not trying to be phony. Right. This is you. It's the way it is. Your, your shirt's tucked in your underwear. Okay, well, whoop de doo That's something for <laughs> someone someone to actually you know, laugh about later, and you'll laugh about it too. You know? Absolutely. But, but now, you know what I want to go into? I want to go into what you're currently doing because, you know, um, you, you baby, actually, you've been written up. You've been written up. Yeah, after you uh, did the deal with uh, Greenberg and the Michael Jackson book, the second, um, I guess, the second book that he wrote. Uh, you got you got a lot of uh, praise for your work. I did. Okay, and I mean you got museum praise. It it the whole Michael Jackson project has been just an unbelievable whirlwind for me. I mean, you know, first and foremost, getting to put the face to someone's work that I admire, and I I love Zach's writing, and I love his book, and his the intensity of his research, and and how much he pours into his work is incredible. So to put that, to put a cover on it, and, and you know, he just to have him say, judge a book by my cover because I love my cover makes me so happy. 
Um, and then to, you know, to get some critical acclaim for it is amazing. And, you know, it, you feel extra nervous because, you know, you want it to be perfect for him and perfect for sales and perfect for Simon & Schuster. Um, so, you know, that's all gravy. Just to have people acknowledge it as a, as a fine piece of work is amazing. Just, again, just your work. And if there's any listener out there, if they're not familiar with Board Bay's work, you have to go to BoardBay.com. You have to check it out because the things that, that you do, uh, are so different that I really don't think anyone out there was getting any acclaim for doing anything like that. That's 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 very high praise and very much appreciated. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to create and and try to push myself and and knock myself right out of my comfort zone and I I try to do multiple lines of work at all times, like live event painting where I have 45 minutes of creative painting and mm-hmm. uh, painting at hip hop shows and like burlesque shows and and setting up and painting on the street and painting in the studio and you know I, I'm I'm trying to constantly evolve and learn and and just explore what's out there because I know that where I'm at now is is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and, and you're right there at the at the beginning stages. Even though you got the praise, even though you were you know written up in the Wall Street Journal, you and your work is in the Guggenheim Museum, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I I aspire for it to be there, but I I'm I'm doing a series of Guggenheim, and so my bold claim is that you know I'm doing a Guggenheim every summer, every year for 20 years on the same size mm-hmm. canvas from the same street corner. Um, I'm actually about to start year number six, and uh, you know I, I don't have, of course, their praise at this moment, but my anticipation is to have all the new Guggenheim showing in the Guggenheim. Uh, you know, as a long-term goal. Okay, so let me say this, Guggenheim. Okay, you have to, you have to see the work. You have to see the work. You know, because <laughs> to the man. <laughs> you, you got to see the work, and you got to get it in there. Because I think that once, once you have work that is uh, that that's in a, an environment where you have, you know, not uh, hundreds, but you have millions of people over the course of a year running through and looking at. You know, I, I think that something like that is is a game changer. Oh, that's a, I mean, that's, that's, that's even beyond the game changer. I mean, that's a career maker, mm-hmm. you know, to get the, to get essentially the co-credentials of, of a museum like the Guggenheim. And, you know, I, the hardest, I think the hardest part about the whole journey for me is that when I wanted to become an artist, I wanted to be self-represented because when you go and get involved with a gallery, the process can be quite slow. Um, they take 50% of sales, and you don't really have a lot of control. Um, and being self-represented is more work, but I love it. It's, it's authentic for me as a business person, as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it does, it creates an additional layer of challenge because the gallery is essentially another brand that stamps of approval. You know, you take a like a soap brand and you put it in Walmart. People are like, oh, okay, that's like a popular brand. It's in Walmart, so mm-hmm. I buy it. You know, it's the same with art. It's just on a different level. Oh, okay, so this is this big artist who's represented by this major gallery, so I know that there's an extra layer of security there. And then, of course, these galleries are feeding into the museums, which feed into the auction houses, so there's this big cycle. And essentially, I'm trying to go from the bottom rung to the top rung without a lot of help in the middle, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it, and it's just an extra challenge. I think your work needs to be in the hands of some notable people, and that would be a good that would be a good start. Absolutely. You know, so now let let me ask you this: How um, how how do you pick your topics? Because you know, again, your your topics are all over the place. What what do you wake up one day and say, okay, well, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna paint uh, about baseball, about hip hop artists, about this, about that. How do you pick your your subject matter? Amazing question. Uh, you know. It's a lot of, I think about ideas and then I try to forget them. I don't write them down. I want to forget them. And any idea that keeps rising to the top and rising to the top, I I, I think that's an idea that I have to explore. Um, and then when I create these series, I, I try to create thematically because it's something that uh, works for me. I love to be involved in a series. It's a commitment over a period of time, but it's also something that people can wrap their head around. You know, if I do a, a little Wayne portrait and then I decide to do a portrait of Brad Pitt, it's like, okay, so you're painting famous people. I get it. 
But if I do seven hip-hop artists, and then I do seven kick-ass actors, and then if I do, you know, seven anti-heroes, it, it's it's something that is tangible, and it's become something that it's like a it's like a Picasso blue period, you know? It's like, okay, well, that was from that series in that period of time. So when it comes to the, the speculative theor- uh, series that I create, you know, it's it's about inspiration, people that I admire, and inspiration characters they develop, and personas that they've developed. Um, and then in terms of the locations, you know, I, I get inspired by places and I like to be out there. And, you know, when I was out in Los Angeles, I painted from the Perch rooftop. And that was strictly because the, the owner of Perch was mad cool. I called in and he said, sure, set up your easel. And uh, it's a breathtaking view. And I got to spend two nights on an amazing rooftop painting. Wow. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. You know, I, I like the fact that people are so open. You know, when it comes to creative situations, you know, when you have people that are open for that, you know, that that opens up your options a little bit with, you know, if something hits you at that moment. A hundred percent. I mean, and, you know, not everybody is. There's there's a lot of people. I mean, and I can completely understand the consternation of the thought that, okay, so this artist that is calling me from New York who's going to be in Los Angeles wants to come and paint. I mean, you know, I could be some sort of messy disaster who goes up there and gets drunk and build paint everywhere and you know it takes a little bit of faith to assess someone over a call and and talk to them for five minutes and say you know here's the keys to the castle but you know i i feel that you know if you just work hard enough to make that connection don't make people uncomfortable and and if you find someone who's like-minded and you go and you work hard and you treat them with respect and respect and you know then word gets around that you're an all right guy and they they can cross-reference and check out who you are and then you're pretty much going to get a green light and you know, with and with you, with your reputation getting around like that, it um, it's definitely going to open up a lot of doors, you know. Because again, the work that you do, you know, you're not just painting celebrities, you know, you're doing a lot more than that. And I'm sure that you have a lot of work that a lot of people haven't even seen yet. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's stuff that I've done in the past that you know it gets buried because. I create all the time, and I have some just amazing work from earlier years. Actually, I hate to even call my work amazing. That's really pretentious. But I have some work that I like quite a bit that that's just kind of tucked away, and, you know, it's it's something that maybe will come up in the future and someone will connect with. But, you know, the whole nexus of this oversharing with my work is that, you know, if you think about what art historians do and what you do when you're researching an artist for a paper in college is you're trying to create this chronology of the work and, and the periods and the time and I just decided okay I'm starting out so let me just list everything in order and show the entire process and then it's all there so if someone decides that they'd like to write about it it makes it easy for them which is obviously very good for me and, and it's definitely good and then when someone you know because you when you when you make this work it's just you have one of a kind right Yes and no. I so I'm very fortunate right now in particular that you know I have a lot of work stacked up. So there's a lot of work that I'm working on right now for myself, uh, my anti-hero series, um, and I have like three commissions lined up. So what I'll do is you know each painting goes through a different phase. So you know when I'm in the just selecting the source image and preparing the source image and collage material, I'll do that in tandem with a painting that's 50% in work. Um, and then if I'm working on a location painting with studio painting, when the weather's good, I'll be painting outside. And then when the weather's bad, I'll be back inside working on the studio piece. So as right now, it's more of like two or three paintings going at once. Um, but once I get involved to a certain level with a painting, I have to abandon everything temporarily and see it through because I get so obsessed with a piece at a certain turning point that I, I have to see it to finish. But what, what I was saying is that when you create these pieces... When you create one like the and whatever you whatever you do in one piece, that is just one piece. That 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 piece is not reproduced. You just have that one piece, right? Okay. Yeah, that, and you know that, 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 that's what I, that's what I was leading to because because now you're coming out with unique pieces like you did the hip hop series. That's one piece, and the reason I right. bring that up is because as things start to progress is like is like the Warhol paintings you have one so who you know as things progress that one becomes valuable so what i'm letting our listeners know is that your work can become very valuable yeah 
You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's possible because as and I know that you're this is you're just scratching the surface here, and I know your your work is going to be, you know, uh, I mean I know people know about it all over the world, but I, I mean it's going to be at a higher level on an international scale, and it's going to be just a matter of time before all that happens. Well, I, I I'm very much looking forward to what the future brings. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a fun journey though, and you know you look you're fortunate because you have. You know, someone good by your side, someone that, that's supportive, someone that's there for you through the uh, the dark times and, 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 and all the fantastic times. And you know, yeah. now, now you have your daughter that will, you know, you look at her, you know you have to persevere. You know you have to keep pushing. And that, that, helps, Absolutely. Yeah, and that helps you with your creative, uh, the creative uh, part of it, you know, because now you're like, okay, I have to do, I have to create. You love what you do. So it's not even work. You're just doing what you love to do. How lucky are you? Yes. <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I'm, you know, and that, that's one of the things, and you touched on this before, and it's so true that I have a lot of friends that are super talented and really smart and really passionate, and, you know, they're in a job, and maybe they're feeling in a dead end, but they wouldn't even know what they want to do if they were to leave and try to, you know, just develop something or create something, and, you know, that's where I've been very, very fortunate, because, I mean, it's one thing to take the leap and start your own company or do something that you're passionate about. But knowing what that is is a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. And I was just fortunate that I knew from a young age that I, I loved art. And, you know, when I wake up every morning, it's like it's like a Christmas morning. I can't wait to get to work and solve the problem I'm working on or put the finishing touches on a painting or start a whole new painting. Well, you know, again, you're fortunate that you have that. A lot of people don't have that. And I I believe that if you if you have something inside of you, you have to try to follow through. You know, I mean, it's good to have dreams, but dreams without action, you know, they just become fantasy. You know, and okay, yeah. if you want to live in Disneyland, that's fine. But if you do have a dream, and I say this to any listener out there, you have a dream, you have to kind of, you have to put some effort into it to go reach it. It's not going to come to you. It's not going to come to you. I mean, unless you're the luckiest person on the planet, it's, it's, it's just not going to come to you. You know. So right. now, so well, why don't you tell us what you have going on now? Um, you know, your current projects and uh, what what's going to be going on when when your next show is going to be, and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Well, um, I, I'm right now. I'm working on an anti-hero series. Uh, it's a portrait series. It's my third one. Um, and I'm just kind of drilling into the notion of all these people and, and characters that have become beloved figures who do all these kind of crazy things. I mean, uh, you know, I've painted Tony Montana, who's, you know, everybody's favorite drug kingpin, uh, Tony Soprano, Dexter Morgan, Walter White. I have, uh, John Hamm as, as his madman character on my easel right now, and that's almost finished up. And, you know, it's, it's a series that I'm just so fascinated about because, you know, you're watching a show like Dexter and you're rooting for a serial killer to not get caught. I don't know how these TV series and the second golden age of television managed to capture that psyche, but it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on that series and, you know, I don't know when I'm going to show it or even if I'm going to show it because, I mean, I have the fortunate situation where I'm selling a bunch of them as I'm creating them, and they're going to different countries. So mm. to get them all back for a show is kind of difficult, and I'm not at that financial point where it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm selling them for like two, three hundred grand, so to spend, you know, $10,000 to get them, you know, brought back into the States for a show is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of is. So I don't know if I'm going to show them, but at very least, I have a solo show every year. There'll be another one in January in New York. Um, and what we'll be showing will just depend on what I have around. Um, outside of that, I'm, I'm just kind of working on my Guggenheim series, which is, like I said, the sixth installment is coming up with that. Um, and then I'm just keeping my eyes and ears open and looking for cool things. I mean, I, I might have a commission lined up in uh, Los Angeles for a new space opening up. Uh, nice. So I'm exploring that. Um, I have a presentation coming up in the fall where I'm heading up to Montreal and Toronto and a meeting with this kind of, your investment group and, and sort of just discussing what I do, my business model, and, you know, breaking down the art game from an independent perspective. And I'm very excited about that because, you know, meeting people who are excited about things that are a little different and 
where there's opportunity. I mean, that's great people for me to meet. And, you know, outside of that, um, I'm just working on raising my daughter and having a great time. Uh, I, I I have a strange feeling that there's going to be you're going to be doing seminars and you're going to be writing a book and that's going to help independent artists. I have a feeling that's going to happen. And, and <laughs> you sound like my wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see that happening. I see that happening. Well, you better listen to her because she knows what she's talking about. Um, hey, absolutely, she yeah, does. Yeah, well, she's the boss. Remember that. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and the thing is, you mentioned with your your paintings going overseas, you know, and the again, these are one of a kind. So when you make that and it goes overseas, that's it. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm very careful with my contracts, and you know, especially with intellectual property, having you know, of course, seen the master at work, Mr. Trump, and uh, you've seen a lot of things that happen. So you know, I retain the right to show all my paintings that I sell and. I retain the intellectual property to the image itself. So, you know, I'm essentially building a catalog. So what, what I'm creating and what I'm making financially are not indicative right now of where I'm going to be in the long run because it's sort of like I'm building a wide foundation. And, you know, where that ends up going, it's hard to say. But, you know, when a painting goes overseas, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's, I just can't believe that there are people in Japan and, and people in, you know, Ireland and all over all over the world that have my work on their wall. It's, it's really trippy. It's very cool. Yeah, but that but that's what it's all about because you're sharing it with the world. And for somebody to have your work on their wall, they're sharing with other people. They enjoy it every day. And they know. Yeah. And they bought that because they know where you're going. So they they <laughs> they, they they're making an investment. Make no mistake about that. They're making an investment in you. It, you know, look, it, it is 100% a business. And, you know, I have people where they'll be like, oh, listen, man, I'm never selling this. This is going to be like in the family forever. And I say, look, you know, if that's the case, that's amazing. And I'm flattered. But, you know, something you bought a couple of years ago for $5,000 in 15 years is worth 500000 And you guys need to liquidate and get some money. That's totally cool. I, I respect and appreciate that. I mean, that's just business. Yeah. And that's that's what that's how the art market happens, and that's how things work. Honestly, if that didn't work out, Christie's and Sotheby's would be very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they 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 create something kind of amazing, and you know there there are there is a wave of artists who are kind of in my wheelhouse. You know, most of my work right now is selling between for smaller works, you know, like five thousand up to about ten, and then for bigger works, you know, quite a bit more. But that's that's my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and a lot of artists who were there two years ago are literally going for half a million at auction. So, you know, I mean, you can become, quote unquote, the financial art darling superstar overnight. And, you know, I want to get there. I'm, I want to get there on my own terms. And I want to do it in a way that my market is sustainable. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be an overnight success and make a ton of money and then have my market crash. I want to control it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, making a really good connection personally and directly with my collectors, you know, we're sort of like in this club together and, you know, I'm driving the boat and they're filling it with fuel and we're going down the river and, you know, who knows where it's going to take us. Well, I think that you're doing this very smart because now you're throwing, you know, you're, you're, you look, you're looking at this as also as a business where a lot of people that are creatives, they don't have the business sense. They, they can create, but they don't know how to, you know, do the, the handle the business end thus they don't make it to where they should be you know you're just yeah. fortunate that you have the creative but you also have the business sense so you can actually make it happen on your terms where and you're right, right a lot of artists do they all of a sudden they become ultra famous and then everything crashes the same thing happens with music everything else flash in a pan type of thing you know but if you control it you make it into a business you have sustainability that it can go not over years, can go over decades. Yes. And you, you see that exactly. You see that with athletes. You see that with musicians. I mean, you know, it, you get to a point where you look at a guy like Diddy and you're like, almost forget that, you know, he's an entertainer and a performer because look at the diversity in his business portfolio and what he's developed. And, you know, it's been for him, you know, money comes in, it's reinvested, and then it comes out, he's got six new enterprises, and, you know, Two of them fail, four of them are good, one of them become amazing, you know, and you look at that, you look at guys like Jay-Z, amazing, and, you know, even the Michael Jackson book, I mean, 
he set the template for what was possible. I mean, he had a shoe deal before Michael Jordan. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And that's, you know, I mean, those are people that I admire and business models I admire. And, you know, I don't, I want to sustain my family, but ultimately I want to create. And I realize the only way to continue to create is to make enough money to allocate the time to create. So it's, it's all about business. And without the business, so many unbelievably talented artists never see the, the sunshine as they should. And, and I'm going to add on to that list, and I have to add on to that list that you just you just uh, laid on us, okay? You know, if one person that people could look at in the world of, of music, of of, of hip-hop, they would get Dr. Dre, okay? Oh, he went from one end, to, from, from, from creating the music himself to being the producer you know, uh, you know, launching like Eminem, 50 Cent, and everything else, and making all this stuff possible behind the scenes, and still a businessman investing in, in projects and stuff like that. You win some, you lose some, and he be, he just became uh, the rap world's first billionaire. Okay. Yes, he did. And that's trumping. And I have to throw the Trump in there. That's trumping, um, Jay Z. Well, I mean, look, you know, the Beats by Dre deal was obviously amazing. And, you know, he hooked up with the right guy and Jimmy, and, and they built that in, the, in a very smart way. And I think, you know, that acquisition was a lot about the, the technology behind the headphones, not even the headphones themselves, but the music platform that they're developing. Yep. And it's just good, smart business. And, in fact, if anyone's going to know exactly who's on top of the Cash Kings list, it's going to be Zach O'Malley-Greenberg next year because, I know, I know Diddy was at the top of the, the Cash Kings for Forbes last year, and obviously Dre is going to put a really good foot forward, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the actual numbers. Yeah, and I, I think that, I think that it's going to be very interesting, you know, but also things like that, if, if you look at someone like that, a creative person, it's because he is a creative person, okay, that is also a business person. So he's yeah. a creative person, a businessman, and he, I mean, he just made a deal that right to date, to date, is Apple's largest, by far largest acquisition, believe it or not. Believe That's it or not. That's crazy. That is the, 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 the Apple, Apple's only other acquisition that was large, I think it was, uh, what was it, I think, I forget how many millions of dollars it was, but that's when they brought back Steve Jobs, and that's when they yeah. bought they bought his company, and that's how they got him back. But other than that, this is their largest acquisition because Apple they're not they don't buy I they they create, but it, yeah it was they really, don't buy. And you look at you look at the unbelievably crazy, and I would I would go as far to call them insane acquisitions that are happening in the in the rapidly developing tech space. I mean, look at the stuff that Facebook bought and the numbers. I mean. And Google, I mean, these are staggering billions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But that goes to show you, I mean, Apple is the kind, they're an innovator, they're a creator. So for them to go and spend that kind of money to acquire a company, I mean, they see something probably a lot of us to the naked eye don't even see the potential of. And yeah. I'm sure they're going to blow it out of the water. And Dre's going to be a very happy man with a couple extra homes. Yeah, well, I think he's, he just sold his home, actually, or is selling his home in Hollywood Hills. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just gonna. I mean, I'm I'm happy that stuff like that is happening because it does kind of spark something, you know, for the youth to say, you know what, he came from the hood, he can do it, I can do something, okay. Absolutely. And it, it also gives hope to creative people to say, hey, you know what, I, you know, this is the I can do type of thing. Like Nike says, just do it. You know, this this is like I can do it too. All right, and I think that's fantastic. When you get to where you want to be, you're going to be inspiring people along just from your actions. You're going to inspire people, and I think that's fantastic. I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean. So there's no hope involved here. You're going to inspire people <laughs> because I already, I'm telling you, and I, I, I say it with, with people I bring on my show because I speak the truth. You know, if I didn't think it, I wouldn't say it. You know, your yeah. your your work is fantastic. I see a lot of big things happening with you and your work uh for the long haul. 
okay so with that said you will inspire people because they're going to see the journey and you have it you have the video diaries and they're going to see this stuff. Yeah. this is stuff they're going to play on pbs that's fantastic. Yeah, hopefully the hopefully the underwear ones as well. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they'll do that. That'll be they'll that'll probably be on the comedy channel. I don't know. They may grab that footage. Uh, well, it, with my physique these days, it definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> too funny, too funny. All right, Borbay, you know why don't you uh, let um, all the listeners know how to find out more about you, how to follow your career? Because I do believe that everyone that if you're an art lover, if you're if you love creative creativeness. And especially if you, if you love you know music and things of that nature, you just got to see the series that uh, Bourbet has. So you got to follow him. So uh, yeah. So why don't you uh, lay it on them? Uh, how to uh, find out more about you and everything? Fantastic. Yeah. Um. You know my my hub online is Bourbet.com. It's just B-O-R-B-A-Y.com, and that's where everything starts. Um. And then you can find me pretty much across the internet, all everywhere Bourbet. So Facebook.com/slash Bourbet. Uh, I'm Borbay on Twitter, Borbay on Instagram, and and that's about it. And you know, I I love being in touch. So if you send me an email through my site, or you get in contact with me on social media, I will do my absolute best to get back to you, and eventually will definitely get back to you. So um, I love to meet new people, and I love to share my work, and and life is good. So I, I hope to meet you and share what I'm doing with you. There you go. You know, I, I, I do urge all listeners out there to go find out more, more about Borbay. Go to Borbay.com because, again, the work, the journey, the, the story, the everything is very interesting. And you're going to thank me later on because you're going to see the growth that Borbay is going to have. And in the coming years, I can say I told you so, and I'm going to be happy to do that. <laughs> Borbay, thank you so much, my friend. And we're going to have you on again uh in the future because we, we need we need to have uh you know update because i know your career is going to continue to spiral in a positive way okay and you're going to well, st- you're going to continue to to progress so you know i, I definitely want to want to have you on again well thank you so much uh, it's been an honor you have an amazing way about you with your interviews i mean i listened to a bunch before we got to connect and you just you have a great back and forth and it's been an absolute pleasure, and I really sincerely thank you for, for the opportunity. Thank you, Borbay. And again, listeners, check out Borbay.com. You won't be disappointed. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.